In 2020, the CEO of the world's largest asset management company made huge waves. Larry Fink of BlackRock had said that BlackRock was going to take into account climate change and how companies were approaching it when deciding how to make their investments. Finance has caught on to the idea that we need to move forward on, on sustainability. And I believe we're at the cutting edge of making substantial changes in how we invest, where we invest. And I believe this is going to move sustainability much faster than any of the skeptics ever imagined. And I would say— And uh, he gets a target on himself and BlackRock. And that sort of opened the door to this backlash. That's our colleague Julie Bikowitz, and she says that this backlash centers around ESG, a new kind of investing that takes into account environmental and social concerns. But conservative activists and lawmakers call it woke capitalism. You've probably experienced woke capitalism. Woke capitalism. You can see it in the rainbow logos, the BLM ads. This new woke capitalist movement that wasn't quite the action of big government, but nor was it. It's about instituting a far-left social agenda, social justice agenda. ESG is forcing, they're calling it woke, that's forcing money managers into making decisions they wouldn't normally make. In other words, get woke or get shamed. The backlash has now reached the halls of Congress, and BlackRock and Larry Fink are on defense. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, March 3rd. Coming up on the show, the fight against BlackRock and woke capitalism. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ESG, it stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance, and it's a set of metrics used by investment firms to determine whether companies are socially and environmentally conscious. For example, before investing with your company, the firm will want to know more about how you're approaching climate change, what the diversity of your top ranks is, and whether you have good transparency in your governance structure. Over the last few years, money has poured into ESG funds, tons of it. By the start of 2020, ESG assets totaled about a trillion dollars. And when BlackRock endorsed ESG, it grew even further, to $2 trillion in 2021. But ESG has also come under criticism from both sides of the aisle and the investment world. Among the critiques are that the investments don't necessarily perform well and that ESG isn't effective in achieving its core goals. Well, 
One thing in particular is that Democrats talk about how companies sort of use ESG and their ESG score to present themselves as more socially conscious and more environmentally friendly than they actually are. And sometimes that's called greenwashing. This term is like everywhere, but is there like a industry-wide understanding of what it actually means? It's not like there's any sort of by-the-books clear definition that everyone has to play by the same rules. And so you see people defining it in all sorts of different ways. And when you have something that lacks a clear definition, it is very ripe for political interpretation. That has made ESG a target for conservative activists. They say it's a cover for forcing progressive politics onto corporate America. And they're trying to sort of make it equate in people's minds to something that people do kind of understand, woke capitalism and woke corporations, that is, companies and economic policy that is, you know, in some people's view, too liberal. And this broad-based backlash, what's behind it? What's behind it is a really highly coordinated conservative effort that is largely being funded by this group called the Marble Freedom Trust. The Marble Freedom Trust. It's a donor fund that got a $1.6 billion investment from a Chicago billionaire. So they have tons of money to play with. How does a $1.6 billion donation compare to other donations for trusts like this? It's enormous. It's one of the biggest political donations that has ever been made. It sort of puts this group in a stratosphere with um, George Soros, who's given huge amounts of money to liberal causes over many years. It puts the group on par with the Koch brothers, who had spent tons of money on different tax fights and, and conservative fights over the years. Marble Freedom Trust was founded in 2020 as a conservative nonprofit. And Julie wanted to know how the group was spending all that money. So she dug into its tax filings and found that Marble Freedom Trust uses its war chest to fund other conservative groups. After talking to those groups, Julie learned that together they aim to transform ESG investing into a rallying cry against woke capitalism. The head of Marble Freedom Trust told Julie that ESG is, quote, polluting our culture and that the group is fighting to, quote, crush leftist dominance in this arena. The Marble Freedom Trust strategy can be seen in a recent advertisement. The ad is from the Heritage Foundation, which receives funds from the Marble Freedom Trust. In the ad, an oil driller walks into a bank looking for a loan and he meets with a lender. Hey, I'm Brian. My pronouns are he, his, him. I understand you're looking for a small business loan, but you're having troubles with your ESG score. Then the lender sort of walks the driller through all of the ways that he could improve his ESG score. They start with environmental, and the guy, you know, again, points out he's an oil driller, so that's kind of tough. The E in ESG is for environmental. You're in a dirty industry. So I can't get no loan? Well, let's take a look at your company's social. And then they move on to the social part with the lender asking him if he has any women in the company. And the guy says, no, it's, it's just me. And then the, the lender pauses and says, 
Ooh, have you ever identified as a woman? Or even just non-binary? It could really help your score. What? Ugh, your loan is denied. Come back when you fix your ESG score. This is the type of messaging that's working its way more into politics. You're going to hear more from Republican presidential candidates and from Senate candidates. And everyone who's running for office will talk more about how, you know, these liberal concepts are infiltrating different parts of what should be just like a business that's trying to make money, just a good, wholesome business. They care about their bottom line. And now they're being asked to care about all of these liberal things, too. Beyond advertisements, Marble Freedom Trust is taking its message directly to state capitals. Its goal? To encourage state lawmakers and treasurers to back away from ESG, especially when it comes to pension funds. States and municipalities have a lot of money in pension funds, $5 trillion. And to invest those funds, states use asset managers like Vanguard and BlackRock. They're creating talking points for federal and state lawmakers, how to explain ESG in a normal way and why it's bad in their view. You know, messaging that they think they can take to lawmakers and explain, you know, hey, you may not have ever heard of ESG, but here's how it's hurting your state. And they're shopping around model legislation in different state capitals trying to ban firms from using ESG when they make decisions on investments. Have a lot of states invested in ESG funds? Not directly. I mean, you have states like New York that have asked for investments to consider ESG. So that's, you know, a blue state saying like, hey, we actually like this. We want you to invest our money this way. And then you have red states who are saying like, this is not our thing. We don't we don't want our investments tied up with these ESG policies and, and factors and standards. Like, stay away. A dozen states considered anti-ESG legislation last year, and at least 16 are doing so this year, according to conservative groups tracking the state's efforts. Julie says Marble Freedom Trust has another message for state lawmakers. Divest from BlackRock completely. Most of the focus of the initial backlash has been conservatives convincing state treasurers in Republican states to pull out of BlackRock, to not have BlackRock managing their retirement investments um, because of BlackRock's sort of forward march on ESG policies. One of the groups that gets funding through Marble Freedom Trust is Consumers Research. And they took on this battle against Larry Fink and against BlackRock. They made a bunch of ads about BlackRock and why BlackRock is bad. Who helped cause soaring gas prices? BlackRock. BlackRock and Larry Fink spent years harassing oil and gas companies, making them divest from fossil fuels. Now you feel the pain. Lawmakers and state treasurers have been very responsive to this messaging on ESG. And so they have been sort of one by one, states like Texas, Louisiana, South Carolina, and most recently, and in a huge way, Florida, saying, you know, we no longer want the Black Rocks of the world managing our state pensions. So how are BlackRock and Larry Fink pushing back? That's coming up.
At the World Economic Forum in January, Larry Fink addressed the backlash against BlackRock and ESG. The backlash, it's public. We lost about $4 billion of flows from various states. $4 billion is a lot of investor money to lose. But Fink went on to say BlackRock brought in $230 billion from U.S. investors last year. So uh, you tell me, $4 billion out and $230 in, in the U.S. On the other hand, let me be clear. Uh, I'm taking this very seriously. Uh, we are trying to address the misconceptions. Uh, it is, uh, it's hard uh, because it's not, it's not business anymore. They're doing it in a personal way. And in the first time in my professional career, um, ta- attacks are now personal. Um, they're trying to demonize issues. So BlackRock and Fink are trying to fight back. And one way they're doing that is by lobbying in Washington. Last year, BlackRock spent $3.5 million on lobbying, more than ever before. And Fink himself is meeting with lawmakers. Lawmakers like... Congressman Andy Barr, who is chairman of the House Financial Services Subcommittee on Financial Institutions and Monetary Policy, and also one of the biggest opponents of the Black Rocks of the world investing and using ESG principles in their investment strategies. And Congressman Barr hosted Larry Fink and some other BlackRock executives in his office. And they had, you know, what the congressman described as a very cordial conversation where Andy Barr says he told Larry Fink, like, look, BlackRock is an amazing American company. We love you guys. We think you're amazing. We just think what you're doing on ESG is crazy. Like, stop doing that. And Larry Fink, according to the congressman, gave his talking points about how they are able to invest however the client wants money invested. What did BlackRock or Larry Fink say about how that meeting went? There was agreement by both parties that it was a cordial meeting. Minds were not changed at this meeting. After $4 billion were pulled out of its funds, BlackRock is also reducing its support of ESG. You hear a change in tone from even Larry Fink, who just a couple of years ago said climate risk is a financial risk. Well, this year at Davos, he said, you know, just to remind everyone, BlackRock is a huge investor in oil and gas companies, fossil fuels. So they're trying to, like, develop messaging that covers all of the bases. And conservatives, like the Consumers Research Group, love calling them out for that. That's that's where they feel like they're getting a lot of traction. And this week, anti-ESG advocates had a big win in Congress. Both the House and Senate voted to block a White House effort to expand ESG investing in retirement accounts. Essentially, the Labor Department had said retirement fund managers can consider ESG factors when making investment decisions. And Congress is now saying, no, they can't. Um, This is really important because, for one, it might set up Biden's very first veto. The White House has said he plans to veto this reversal, which will kick it back to Congress and they'll have to attempt to do a veto override. But it's also important because this really crystallizes the partisan fight on ESG, and it shows how conservatives have really gained some traction here. 
The White House press secretary said that this congressional move forces MAGA Republican ideology down the throats of the private sector. So you're seeing that people are like really willing to engage in this battle now. Is Marble Freedom Trust behind this bill in Congress? They're certainly part of it. Consumers Research and other groups that they fund have been all over Capitol Hill talking about this, distributing talking points, really explaining their viewpoint. And just as they've done in state capitals, they're really looking to have an impact with federal lawmakers. And this vote shows that they are. So BlackRock had lost $4 billion in assets. Fink is moderating his support for ESG. Does this mean Marble Freedom Trust wins? It means that they've really kind of hit a nerve here. Uh, You see what Congress just did. You see what some states like Florida are doing in limiting these types of retirement investments. And it, it does show that the conservative drive is making waves. The question to me now is, will there start to be a forceful pushback to this by people who support ESG, by ESG advocates? That's all for today, Friday, March 3rd. Additional reporting in this episode by Angel Ao Young. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Ryan Knutson and me, Kate Leinbaugh. The show is produced by Annie Baxter, Ariana Bowe, Catherine Brewer, Maria Byrne, Pia Godkari, Rachel Humphreys, Matt Kwong, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Enrique Perez de la Rosa, Sarah Platt, Alan Rodriguez Espinosa, Pierce Singy, Jivika Verma, Lisa Wang, and Catherine Whalen. With help from Jonathan Sanders. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner, Nathan Singapak, and Peter Leonard. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Katherine Anderson, Emma Munger, Peter Leonard, Bobby Lord, Nathan Singapak, Griffin Tanner, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasulka. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.